I'm Darcy. And I'm Kelly. And thanks for joining us for... And, and Another, Another Thing. Thing. Where we talk about current events. Pop culture. Things we love. Things we don't. All slathered in gobs of laughter. And all the feels. So grab a drink, sit down, and join us for... And, and Another, Another Thing, Thing with Darcy and, and Kelly. The Podcast. Greetings, thingies. This is Darcy. And this is Kelly. <laughs> Welcome to today's show. Getting, Getting spooky, spooky with it. <laughs> well, you know, kids, it's Halloween season. That's right. It's the spooky time of year. And I strong-armed Kel into doing two spooky episodes <laughs> this year. And today is part one. Yes. And um, we're going to start off with something that is very spooky that is going on specifically to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting. So I know a lot of you do not live in Los Angeles, but don't hit fast forward quite yet because this could happen <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't live here, and for those of you who live here and live under a rock, um, LA Council has had a big scandal. Scandalous. Scandal. Um, so evidently somebody had a hidden record, hidden, is it hidden? A secret recording of Nuri Martinez, who is the then president of the LA City Council, Gil Cedillo, Kevin DeLeon, and then Ron Herrera, who is the head of the LA Labor Federation. So they were all having a closed meeting talking about the redistricting of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So I happened to listen to the whole thing. You can find, t uh, you know, snippets of it, but I, was, I don't sleep. So I was up at like <laughs> two in the morning with my pain insomnia and I Aww. started listening to it and I listened for an hour. It's an hour clip. And here are some of the things that came out of this lovely tape that this Redditor person um, and who was saying these things? It's um, Nuri Martinez, Nuri who Martinez. was the president okay. of the L.A. City Council, Gil Cedillo, who's on the city council, Kevin DeLeon, and Ron Herrera. Okay. For Hispanics slash Latino, forgive, forgive me if I don't know exactly where they're from. I know there's a, I know there's a distinction, but I don't know, and I'm going to put a blanket statement because mm -hmm. um, I know there are um, people out there who are like, well, she's not a Latino. Anyway, so I don't know. Right. But, and it's important because she talks about in this thing how she, all little Latina girls should look up to her. Well, <laughs> I don't think so. So in the course of this discussion, they, so Mike Bonin, who is another um, city council member, he is gay, married, and he and his husband have adopted a black child. So the first thing that Nuri Martinez said was that Mike Bonin's son was on the Martin Luther Day, Martin Luther King Day float jumping around and, and they're raising him like a little white child. Mm. Yeah. And then um, one of the other guys, I couldn't distinct, I couldn't tell the other voices. I'm sure somebody would be able to, but one of the other guys said, and he's such a little diva, meaning Bonin, because Bonin's gay. So there's that. Oh and then Nuri Martina said, the kid was jumping around and then she said in Spanish, like a little monkey. Oh my goodness. And then she said, What? This that, is a black child. Yes. Oh my she God. She said in Spanish, he's like a little monkey jumping around. And then she said, That kid needs a beat down. I'm going to meet him on the corner and I'll bring him back in a few minutes. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Then they were talking, and in the, the whole thing, she was cackling and dropping the F-bomb like every two seconds. She sounded like, a, a, like I, I, she just sounded like a thug. And I don't mean that because of her, her ethnicity. I just mean like she sounded like a gangster planning a, 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 a rumble. It wow. was just, it was horrifying. So then um, they were talking about uh, Koreatown. And they were saying, well, one of the guys said, Koreatown's where they have all the little short brown people. And then she said, yeah, I don't even know what village those people come from. And they were meaning Koreatown has a lot of Hawakins, which is, I think it's how you pronounce it, O-X-A. It's a place in Mexico where they're very short of stature and darker because they're indigenous. Mm -hmm. um, so they're making fun of their own people. Wow. Then they're talking about, so the whole thing is about redistricting in their favor. Mm -hmm. Like chopping up the city, redistricting. Like at one point she says to, I think it was Gil Cedillo, Nuri Martinez said, do you, what about Elysian Park? Will you take Elysian Park? And he said, well, not the whole thing. There are places there where people hate me. I need to know what specific streets you're going to give me. <laughs> so they're carving up Los Angeles. Yeah. And these are Democrats? Yep. All this of them. Is, okay. Yeah. That's partially why we wanted to talk about this is that, you know. We don't always just. Yeah. yeah. We're heavy on beating down the Republicans, but we are no prize ourselves with the Democrats. And well, again, I, I'm still consider myself independent, but corruption is everywhere. Corruption is everywhere. And it racism was, is in every party. It was. I, I can't even tell you, like, my jaw was dropping the whole time. And then they were talking wow. about little Armenia. And then one of the guys said, well, we better redistrict that to somebody whose last name ends in I-A-N for sure. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And then, um, wow. So there are two holdouts. Um, Ron Herrera and Nuri Martinez have both resigned. Okay. Um, De Leon refuses to. He said, I apologize, and I am not refusing, as did Gil Cedillo. And Mike Bonin has called for both of them. And he said, look, they don't owe me an apology. They owe my son when he's old enough. They owe him mm -hmm. an apology. He said, and the they, people of Los Angeles. Absolutely. Especially for running in the party that is supposed to be the one that favors diversity. Yeah. Like, they're just, that. that is some friggin' ultra MAGA behavior right there. Well, and they, they were talking like. about one guy, and I didn't get his name, but she said, um, and here, might as well bing. She said, fuck that guy. That guy's with the blacks. He has the blacks in his back pocket. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then um, one other horrible thing, too, when they were talking about the kid. I forgot this because it was on a different page in my very extensive notes. Um, and this, I believe this one was De Leon. He said um, that Bonin's son was like a, a designer purse. He's just a prop for his parents. Oh, I just can't even. Yeah. I'd heard a couple clips of this that were absolutely horrifying, but you're giving me more. You're giving me the extra. And I just like, who is this person? And then why, from what I understand, nobody jumped in and said, hey, that's not appropriate not to say. Not a single nobody person. Nobody jumped in and said, quit talking like that. And not even the person, and we don't know, it's an anonymous person, if they were there, if they put a, a listening device, even the person who taped it mm -hmm. and, and put, brought it to light never said anything. Maybe it was an aide who was like, I'm going to lose my job or right. something like that. But, but still, not at any time did anybody say, oh, come on, that is over the line. They, and they were laughing. It sounded honestly like they were 
sitting and having drinks or in a clubhouse or whatever, and they were just making fun of everybody and everything, and she was just cackling. Like, I can't even, and she's like, <laughs> fuck that guy, he's with the blacks, we don't need that guy, and oh, it was just, oh it Lord. was repulsive. It was repulsive. So that's what's going on in Los Angeles. Jeez. Well, that's horrifying. That is scary. That is scary. And that, it's all true. It is all true. I mean, but not, yeah, that's why we wanted to open with that. Like, because I'm like, that's just as scary as any ghost story as I've heard. Because that's, those are people who are supposed to be uh, Have the, our best interest. the, the compassionate yeah. party, you know, and they're, and, and I don't understand this. I, I was seeing a guy for a minute who um, referred to his friends. He had mostly, uh, he, he was Hispanic. He had mostly Hispanic friends. And, but he had like a couple black friends, but they would all call each other the N-word. Yeah. And I, I was like, do, I don't understand this concept of people of color thinking that they can say these horrible words that white people can't. I'm like, d just don't say them. You right. know what I mean? I'm like, you don't get to say that because you're not white. Right. You know, I, I don't understand this concept. And I feel like that uh, part of that must have been going. It seems like part of that con that ideology right, right, right. was going on. In that. Yeah. The little brown people from the village or whatever. But I mean, the thing that astounded me almost more than the slurs was just the disgusting way that they are just taking advantage of the, the taxpayers. Yeah. By, you know, like, oh, I don't want that street. Right. No, don't give me that street, you know. Right. That's like, oh my God, we there is so much wrong. I know in this country. I know. I and, know. You know, even bright then, blue LA is obviously not, you know, immune. And, and I was going to say, and if this is going on here, this mm -hmm. is going on everywhere. Everywhere, and probably a hundred times. And I don't worse understand why places. they're responsible. I, I mean, I don't know enough about local politics, and I should. And I'm actually learning a lot doing this show, by the way. Mm -hmm. I really am. But I don't know enough about LA or like just city politics to know why it's up to them to redistrict. Somebody yeah. else should get to redistrict. Or why is they there don't redistricting get to choose. in the first? Exactly. I don't there should be a map and that's it. Don't we call that gerrymandering when the Republicans do it? So why are we doing it? It's, right. I don't understand. Right. If it should be, if this is the district and... Mm -hmm. You know, this maybe council by population, maybe if a certain district grows to a certain extent or dwindles to, to a certain extent, right. then maybe you to, for fairness, but not by. Well, I'm not taking those two streets. Those two streets are gang country. You know, that was inferred for yeah. sure that I don't want that area because it's too crime ridden. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about near Dodger Stadium. So, um, wow. Well, y'all yeah. suck. Yeah. All you people. And I'm glad, well, you know, at least some people's careers get to end when they say crap like that still. Because, right. you know, once upon a time. Right. And how many of these people I would love to, you know, say about, they would be like, cancel culture, cancel culture. Right. But good. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. You I should hope... be canceled if you're saying shit like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That's it, kids. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, continuing with the news a little bit, I, you Do know, you have a real spooky story, too? I do. Now... I was typing Nightline this week, and there was a horrible story out of Houston um, where these 15-year-old the twins, a girl and a boy, <gasps> were, uh, had escaped their extraordinarily abusive home, and 
they had knocked on many a neighbor's door asking for help until finally yeah. somebody opened the door for them and, you know, listened to them. And there was footage and just to hear their, their crying and their, please help, can you please help us? It's just like, oh my God. Um, and it connect, it made me think of this. Um, well, really quickly, let me tell you, since since that night when that was all the news that they had of the story was that somebody took them in and called the authorities, more information has come out that um, their mother, Zakia Duncan, who is 40 and beautiful, I might add. She's, she's a beautiful she looks woman. Like a, she looks like a model, yep. seriously. And her piece of shit 27-year-old boyfriend, Jova Terrell, uh, had gross, just grossly abused these children. And there were five more children um, that as they couldn't well, find at that point. That they couldn't find at that point. I believe most of them, I think there's an 18-year-old son that's missing still, but as of this morning. But the horrible things they did, um, handcuffed them, made them drink bleach, poured bleach over their skin and genitals, made them drink oven cleaner if they talked too much, or they sprayed oven cleaner in their mouth if they talked too much, made them drink their urine and eat feces, fed them maybe once or two or three times a week. I mean, just they said, disgusting. Yeah, they hadn't been fed in that whole week when they went yeah. to the neighbor's house. Um, a horror, horrible atrocity. But something that occurred to me when I was typing the story was that my favorite podcast that I listen to is called Psychic Teachers. And uh, they do usually a couple scary shows in October. And they did one on a phenomenon called black-eyed children. Have you heard of this? I hadn't either until I saw this. But I was like there's this phenomenon of, of kids that will come to your door, knock on the door and say, can we please use your phone? We're lost or we need our parents to come get us. It's cold, blah, blah, blah. And they, they have, if you catch their face, they have, their eyes are completely black, like aliens. Yeah. Like they don't have an iris, just totally black eyes. And they try to get in your house, but they have to be invited in like vampires have to be invited in. Gotcha. So if black eyed children come to your door, you don't invite them in that kind of thing. But the thing is they don't hurt anybody if they do get invited in. But then once they leave, crazy things will happen. Like, like the person will die three days later or the person, or they find out there's cancer. Like, so there's like theories as are they is that why related? people don't want people to come in? Is that well, what? that's the thing. It's like I'm like, it, knowing this phenomenon actually Would you happens. Open the door? Two things. Would I open the door to two 15 year old children at five in the morning when it's still dark? Right. Because are they black eyed children? Or just as creepy and scary, are they setting my house up? Right. You know, is it somebody yeah. waiting in the Which bushes? And it's to like, that. yeah which I'm sure the majority of the people who didn't let them in were thinking, no, this is weird and Not I'm not going to help them. You know what I mean? But I'm like, it just made me think of that. I'm like, what if they had been black eyed children or whatever? But right. so it just made me think of that phenomenon that I don't know that I would, I certainly would not. If somebody, if, if a kid knocked on my door at five, you know, at five in the morning, it was still dark. I would be like, give me a phone number to call for you. Through or I would the door. call 911 and have them come. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Yeah. I mean, in, a, in an apartment building that's got supposedly, I'm using finger quotes, security. It, mm -hmm. We know it's not. I mean, we've been broken into. But mm -hmm. in a security apartment building, I might. But where you are, you're like right on the street. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, 
but just so you know, a couple things to follow up. The the that's that's bizarre. The black eyed children yeah. that gave me kind of goosebumps yeah. big time. But just as a follow up to the case, they did find the other kids. Mm -hmm. and they're all in child protective custody, mm -hmm. and the parents actually they caught the the mother and the the, the boyfriend, boyfriend um, going leaving it to go to Louisiana from mm -hmm. Texas. Well, that was the thing too is that the kids couldn't really tell the authorities they where they lived their because they had just moved there from Baton Rouge, and they didn't really even know where they lived because they had just gotten there yeah. and had been locked in the house. So they so. couldn't give an address, and um, the woman had been already uh, arrested. She had not arrested, but she had already been uh, reported, reported for, for child abuse. abuse. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. <sighs> These poor children. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, just, oh, but and I found out the now, way yeah. they escaped was uh, the boy of the twins had found a key to the cuffs in the mom's purse and hid it in his mouth for hours until he felt like it was safe for them to try to escape. Yeah, they were, I think, um, chained in either the basement or the laundry room. But laundry room. Ron, I just read room. that. Yeah. Anyway, so, it's God horrifying. bless those children and that yes. family, and I hope they find, you know, they're older. They're, they're probably going to be foster and foster kids and timed out. You know. Absolutely. Not and get those, those kids are ruined for life. I yeah. mean, I hate to say it, unless they get super, super, super great therapy, mm -hmm. which I hope they do. Um, but those but people need to be. I'm just, getting I'm getting ugh. the creeps from the black eyed children thing though. It, yeah, it was very creepy. I have, I have goosebumps. Very creepy. <laughs> Yes. What other spooky What stories? else do you have? So here's, <laughs> here's a kind of funny one and a spooky one. So uh, they've, there's been stories for years about the Dakota Hotel in New York that it's been haunted. Um, many uh, famous people live there. And probably one of the most famous was John Lennon and Yoko mm. Ono lived there. Mm. Right. Um, he was murdered right out front, right? Correct. Yeah. So um, he kept hearing what he called, I mean, for years when they were living there, John Lennon referred to what he kept calling the crying woman mm. in the Dakota, the crying woman. I think it was probably just Yoko singing in the <laughs> other room, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know. So he just kept saying, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, so Yoko, to this day, says that after John was killed, the very next day, she saw him at his piano. Um, and Aww. she still sees him at his piano and she still lives there. So Aww. that's not kind of spooky, but that's um, that's. Uh, Wait, she still lives in the same apartment? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, interesting. OK. Yeah. Interesting. So that's not too spooky, but it's a little ghosty. My other two get a little spookier. But um, okay. what's your next one? Well, I think. I've never really fully mentioned this in the history of our shows, but I attended a college that was a plantation oh. and the owner haunts it. And so I thought, why don't I dig into this a little yeah. bit for this? So here's some history. Uh, I went to Belmont University, which was Belmont College when I first got there, um, was owned by Adelicia Hayes Franklin Acklin Cheatham. Wow, that's a lot of names. That's and this is in names. Tennessee, folks. This is in Nashville. Yeah. Yes. So um, digging into her past was very interesting. She, her first husband, well, she had a lot of tragedy in her life. Her first fiance died shortly before their wedding. Um, she ends up marrying a guy named Isaac Franklin who made a butt ton of money as a slave trader. And when he died, she, of course, inherited 
all his plantations and all the money and, and the she slaves. became and the slaves and she became um, one of the wealthiest women in the south because of that then she marries uh, Joseph Acklin, who was a lawyer, <clears throat> and she's basically known throughout the South as Adelicia Acklin. Um, when they got married, they built Belmont Mansion. So this was a plantation that was ginormous, and it wasn't for it wasn't a working plantation. It wasn't you know for raising crops. It was like a summer home because they also had a bunch of plantations in Louisiana in Texas. So they'd come to Nashville to the summer home at Belmont to escape the heat of Louisiana. What? Right. But I'm like, I don't know what heat they're escaping. Cause I lived in Nashville in the summer. Right. It's miserable. So, but anyway, but as is Louisiana yeah. is, bah. but just to goes to show you that nobody is 100% a villain because we're like, this woman gets made all her money from the slave trade, <clears throat> excuse me, from her slave trader husband. But she was otherwise really progressive for the time she was highly educated because her father believed in educating his three daughters so oh, she wow. was very educated and she started a women's college on the grounds oh and they opened the grounds nashville didn't have an, any kind of public park at the time so they opened the grounds of the plantation for the public to use it had uh gardens an art gallery conservatories a lake and a zoo and wow. a bowling alley <laughs> like all these things are like i never saw a lake and i sure never saw where the zoo was but then they were saying the streets that it extended out to i was like wow this thing was massive this land so she ended up selling it in 1887 after the civil war uh and only sold it under the condition that the women's college continue. So that eventually became uh, up until I have my dates here somewhere. Um, 18 from 1880 to 1951, it remained a women's school and college. And then the Tennessee Baptist convention, um, I guess purchased it or got involved somehow and opened a second co-ed college on the grounds, which became Belmont College, where I attended. And then in 1991, it became an accredited university while I was there. And as of 2021, there's about 8,000-ish students. In 2005 or 2006, the college, the university broke ties with the Southern Baptist Convention and is now... Belmont University and, and doing all its things has all sorts of different kinds of Is there still a part of it stuff. that's a women all women's college or is that? No, it okay. all blended, yeah. it all became co-ed. But the mansion itself still stands and they've built around it or whatever. And an interesting thing about her that also made her progressive was that after the reconstruction or during, at, right after the Civil War, she sent her husband to Louisiana because the Confederates wanted to burn all the cotton because they didn't want the Union to get a hold of it. Right. So she sent her husband there to handle that. She's like, no, that's our money for our future. Yeah. They can't burn it. So he ends up dying. I don't know how, but he dies. So she ends up having to go there herself. And she manages to convince the Confederates not to burn it. She ends up selling it, long story short, to some place, some company in England for at the time $960,000, which to today Holy crap. would be $16 million. Wow. So this woman was no joke. 
So And she's just getting money after money after money. Yeah. Good for her. But smart. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like you can't Yeah, she got wealthy because of the slave trade and that blows and that's horrible. But then she was so progressive in other ways. She was like, it didn't matter to her that she was a woman. She's going to handle her business. You know what I mean? I mean, part of it, I mean, it's horrible. It is horrible. It's, it's horrible. horrible. It's horrible. But that was life. That was life then. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting. It's just interesting how she was like, women deserve a better chance. Yeah. But it never occurred to her that black people deserved right. a better chance. Right. You know what I mean? So anyway, all that to say, she haunts the mansion and... Is the mansion um, actually still part of the campus? Yes, yes. And I'll post some pictures on our, um, I found a really old picture before it was Belmont University from like the 1800s that shows oh, cool. the, man the opening of the mansion and the grounds that go out to it and stuff. And so, yes, the mansion is there. And she was afraid that some people think, okay, so a psychic visited uh, to try to talk to her. And the psychic says she mourns her children because here's the thing. By the time she died, she died shortly after she sold the women's college, sold the mansion property. Um, so she, her fiance had died. She lost two husbands and six children before the, they were 12 years old. Wow. So the psychic feels like she's there mourning and looking for her children and also worried that the mansion will eventually be torn down as the university grows. Uh. And so she's kind of there. She doesn't cause any harm, but she's been known to say um, that so there was a story of a woman was walking down the hallway during an event and and literally almost runs into Adelisha in an elegant ball ground. And she was fully solid, like like she was another human and just saw her there. And she was just kind of there and apparently told one of the museum guides that the furniture in one of the bedrooms was arranged incorrectly. <laughs> I love it. Yep. And all the workers I've talked to, when I was there, I talked to several workers. I was like, have you seen her? Have you seen her? Everybody has a story. Yeah. And my friend, uh, who was my neighbor, we used to like very late at night cause we were young and stupid in our twenties. Um, I lived right down the street from Belmont on music row for several years. And we would just go, me and a couple of my neighbor friends would just go walking at two in the morning. And one time we ended up on the campus and you know, we're just sitting there on one of the, pretty benches that they have there. And, uh, my friend was very woo woo. And I was like, do you feel her? And she's like, uh-huh. Like she didn't even hesitate. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yep, she's right there. <laughs> she pointed to a window wow. that was dark. There was no light on it. She goes, I feel like she's watching us from that window right now. Wow. And so just, you know, interesting that, and she never causes any trouble. She's just making sure things are yeah, being handled appropriately. And I don't think the mansion is any danger because I'm sure it's a historical landmark yeah. at this point. And, you know, but interesting. Adelisha Acklin, the mistress of Belmont. Interesting. There we go. Interesting. So I got another one in the South. Mm -hmm. So there's the Crescent Hotel in Arkansas mm -hmm. and it's notorious for being haunted. Mm -hmm. And you could actually stay there now. People, ghost mm -hmm. hunters go from, come from miles around. So it was originally built in 1886. And in the original construction, one of the workers named Michael um, was killed when it was being built. And um, he evidently, to this day, haunts room 218. That is his room. Okay. And you could hear him talk in that room. And I don't know, for whatever reason, he's, he uses his name. That's how they know his name, because I guess he goes, ooh, I'm Michael. I don't know what he says, but... <laughs> ooh. Yeah, ooh, Michael. Ooh. <laughs> so then in 1937, so at the hotel originally was torn down, and then um, Norman Baker 
bought it and he was a quack doctor and he opened it he bought it to open a cancer hospital but the hmm. problem is he couldn't cure cancer so he was just taking people's money and they uh, would stay there until they died charlatan i know so what he would do is when people died he would bury them in the basement Ew. yes so they bury him in the basement he's in the basement uh, of dirt floors or something or you just toss them down there i uh, I remains don't know, to be but the, yes, to be remains, no TBD. pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> so um, finally in the 40s, he was arrested and um, the hotel, uh, I mean, the hospital went up for auction and a hotel company bought it and it has been a running hotel. But to this day, guests report seeing flying apparitions all over and wow. hear screams throughout the grounds. And oh then in goodness. room 218, they hear the name Michael. Wow. Yeah. yeah. The Crescent Hotel, where is this again? In Arkansas. In Arkansas? You didn't, don't have the town, Little Rock or Baton Rouge or something? I had it when I was looking up. I will post <laughs> it on okay. the thing. I'm just curious. Yeah. I make a mental list of places, of haunted places I want to go. Um, interestingly, I never felt any presences at Belmont when I was there, but... Were you also, open to it then? Probably not. Not Certainly not as, as I am now, but also I went and visited a house in San Diego with my sister. Can't remember the name of it, but it's supposed to be the most haunted house in all of America. Oh, wow. And I felt nothing there either, but I think when there, there was a whole bunch of touristy people coming through and I feel right. like I have to be alone somewhere. So I feel like I'm making this mental list of places that I want to go and visit by myself, you know, one of these days. Um, it's in Eureka Springs. Oh, okay. Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Arkansas. Yes. Okay. My last creepy story is native to California, the Ojai area. Ooh. This is about the Ojai Charman. Um, so in 1948, you know, California is prone to the wildfires, people. Yes, we have big them, time. You know, big time. 1948, up in old Ojai. Uh, wildfire. Now, Ojai is up by Santa Barbara, just in case you yeah, it's aren't inland Santa familiar. Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous. A wildfire happened in this very isolated part of Ojai. And due to the limitations of the time um, and the isolation of the area, sometimes families had to wait for days to get help from the authorities when um, a wildfire swept through yeah, their community. Yeah, yeah. So there's a they story. They still do, and it's yeah. a lot, you know, it's yeah. a lot more prevalent now. And we have better, now, much but, better yeah. resources now. But keeping in mind, this is 1948. So there's this father and son who lived in an isolated campus that was about south of Ojai. They weren't near the rest of the community, really. But they were directly in the path of the fire. So it's a little unclear as to whether the father ended up burning to death or barely lived. But um, at any rate, he got, he toasty. He's toasty. And the son, though, did survive barely, but horribly, horribly burned. Um, and in waiting, I guess, for but in the time it took from the, the property to be destroyed and the authorities to come and help, he obviously being in incredible pain and stuff, just like mentally snapped. Um, when the authorities got there, they found the father's body hanging from a tree and his skin had been flayed. <gasps> like one police officer in the report said, he was peeled like a fruit. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. So the police fan out to try to find the perpetrator. 
you know, who did this to the person? And they hear this creepy wheezing from a bush and then something bolts out and they say it was, it's the son who was unrecognizable as a oh. human being because he was so burned. Oh. And apparently the police were so sick from the smell Ooh. that the son shot off into the hills and they didn't bother to go and run after him because they were so weirded out and disgusted well, and by the smell. Well, if he's in that bad of shape, he's going to, yeah. it's not, once so, you're wheezing from a burn, that means, yeah. yeah. But part of me is like, that poor boy needed help and right. they didn't go after him, you know? So, but this is 1948. So anyway, he runs off into the hills and now they say the char man haunts the hills of Ojai. He's apparently immortal now. Um, and there's, he basically, most of his sightings have been on a, a remote rural road called Creek Road. And there's a campground there called Camp Comfort that he stalks. <laughs> Camp I know, Comfort. right? The irony. <laughs> Not so comfy. <laughs> but he stalks the grounds there. Um, he tends to avoid large groups of people, but he likes to harass stopped cars. So, like, if your car breaks down on Creek Road, you might get attacked the by the charman. <laughs> yeah, and apparently, but he's also like a local celebrity because they actually have named a bridge, the the Charman Bridge, wow. for him. So, but they say he still haunts the place he out haunts there. These hills, and when people see as... him, he's he's horribly disfigured, and it's quite a frightening wow. sight. And yeah, so there we go. I uh, California wow. ghost story. Wow, the Charman of Ohio. Yeah, never I've even never heard, heard of that. It. Never heard that story. Okay, my last so one is our a, friends who go camping do not go, go to, to the comfort, comfort campground. Comfort, comfort don't go comfort, there. Campground. And don't break down on the way, or he's gonna on get Creek you. Road. Yeah, Charman's gonna get you. <laughs> okay, so I saved my creepiest for last. Awesome. So, young woman, Katrina McGraw decides that she's going to move out of her parents' house and she rents a house in St. Louis in the suburbs from a woman named Sandy Travis. And a few months after she moved in, she had a friend of hers over and, you know, two girls and they're sitting eating popcorn and watching a documentary on serial killers. And all <laughs> of a sudden, do. as you do, <laughs> and all of a sudden they looked at each other and they realized that the picture that they were watching on the TV was the picture that they were, the house, the picture of the house that they were watching in the documentary was the house <gasps> that they were sitting in. No. Yes. That is so evidently, <laughs> so the serial... Serial killer Maury Travis was the landlady's son. He had owned the house before the mother oh inherited God. the house from the, the son. And he had killed and stored bodies in the house and had built many torture chambers in the basement. Oh my God. He had his kill rooms in the basement. Oh my God. And he ultimately killed himself in said house before the police could ever get him for the murders. <sighs> So they're sitting and watching. Could you imagine you're watching this and all right. of a sudden like one of the most <laughs> lethal serial killers in all of St. Louis was on the Talk house. About, it's coming from in the house. I mean, like, yeah, like, there it is. On, on 
Lake Street in St. <laughs> what? That's my street on 2730. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> so she actually, the, the, the mother wouldn't let her out of her lease. She got so freaked out and they wouldn't. So she ended up having to go to the St. Louis Housing Authority. And when they heard the story, they let her break wow, the lease. Right. Seriously. Don't you have to disclose that shit before somebody moves in? <laughs> There's kill rooms in the oh basement. Oh my God. <laughs> But how did they not? Did they? They must have removed the kill rooms. Oh, they had. Yeah, they had. How that. do you not notice the kill rooms? You know, <sighs> it's like, mm. oh my god! And I do watch serial killer shit, and I could just it's, imagine I, watching I it. I love going, it. I know, right? This apartment in Sherman Oaks was the. <laughs> oh my god! I heard a great story on a pod. I was looking for a spooky podcast this week, and this guy who was living in a flat in London. It was like his first place. Experiences some weird you know, feelings and stuff. And then he decides to move just to save some money and move in with a friend. And the night before he leaves, he sees an apparition in his room of this young woman with very dark, sleek, super shiny hair. And she acts like she's going to lean down and kiss him goodnight or whatever. So blah, blah, blah. Then he goes to his parents' house for dinner. They end up driving. He moves into his new place. His dad comes to get him to bring him to the house for dinner. They drive by his old place. And they see lights on in there and dad goes, oh, looks like somebody's already moved into your new place or whatever. And, and the guy's like, yeah. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but he mentions that there might've, might've been a weird, oh wait, oh no, he says, or it could just be the ghost. And the dad gets real serious and he's like, excuse me, what? And literally pulls over and he says, did something happen there? And the kid, well, who's not a kid anymore, I guess, um, says, explains what happened. And it turns out that the guy's grandmother was the neighbor, lived in that building, wow. was the neighbor. And the, this girl who was like an older teenager went home with a coworker to an apartment in this building and with, a, with this coworker and he killed her there. And so the ghost is probably that girl. And his grandmother had been living in the building at the time. Nobody tells the kid this when he goes <laughs> to rent this flat. Nobody tells him this, you know? So, and the interesting thing is when he moved out, he told the landlord, I'm giving you my months, whatever. And the landlord makes mention of, you're the longest person I've had in here. You've been here for about 18 months. Usually people last, you know, weeks or a couple months or wow. whatever. He goes, I don't know if it was maybe that she knew that, that, her neighbor, I was the grandson of the neighbor and she was always very peaceful with me. I could feel her presence and I would just relax and listen to music. I could feel like somebody was there listening with me and she wow. never caused me any trouble. I never felt like, you know, but then, oh, then, oh my God, this is such a great story. You buried the so lead. Then I did. So then later on, he's working for whatever company. He's like an IT guy. Um, a new guy is hired, a new chap comes in because the guy's English and they're working <laughs> yeah, and they're talking and having conversations over the course of the conversation. It turns out this new guy is now renting the apartment guy no. used to live in no. and was about to move out because he had an experience where he woke up in the middle of the night and felt like somebody's trying to strangle him. Oh my God, dude ends up going down a rabbit hole going, you know what? I need to research this place. You know, the story finds the story and the girl was strangled. Wow. And saw a picture of her and it was the apparition he With saw. With the dark long hair. I'm like, is that not the craziest thing? The, the, the chain. Yeah. And that your like, coworker just, oh, Lake Street 235. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like he was like, wait, what part of town? 
what area? You like it was like see that yeah. that shit even is creepier to me than wow. Yeah, that wow, was wow, creepy wow. and an excellent excellent story. But and, it's interesting that when I was researching stories because we've done a couple shows like this before mm -hmm. over the years, and I wanted to find all new stories. Can right. we've done the ones I found a bunch with real dead bodies in the front yard, and people thought they were Halloween decorations. Oh, but we've, we've wow, done a couple of those. And, right, right, right. Um, so I was trying to find and and. One of the things when you said, because I was at peace, one of the through lines that I found in a lot of these, like especially urban ghost stories, mm. is if the person is like, okay, cool. You don't have to rattle your chains. You could stay here. Right. I don't mind. But just, you know, don't make noise. I mm -hmm. need to get up in the morning. Right. People like, you know, have a discussion with mm -hmm. their ghosts and they're like, they never bothered me again. Yeah. You know, my doors would be open or my, you know, mm -hmm. drawers would fly open, but they never really bothered me. But they'll me. feel like, yeah, or they'll say, I've never felt like it was malevolent or, you yeah. know, I mean, that kind of thing. My thing is, though, help me cross over. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's like a, a fear of mine, but oh, that um, you're that you're doomed that to haunt I the earth. Will, yeah, that I might haunt the earth or or whatever. And, and I'm like, somebody needs somebody help me cross over. Yeah, don't let me just keep wandering around. Because that's where what the it is. Ghosts are in limbo. They don't have the peace. Is that what it is? Yeah. It, generally, somebody like if you're murdered or if you die too young or it's tragic or it's sudden or whatever seems to it's almost like people they get stuck between they, worlds. Yeah. They don't understand, especially the children. Yeah. That's what really upsets me. They have no idea what's going on. Yeah. They'll just stay somewhere for hundreds of years looking for their parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so. And you hear so many stories like that. Yeah. I looked up at the top of the stairs and a little girl holding a teddy bear was standing there. You hear yeah. stories about kids like that all yep, the time. Yep, yep, And like you were talking about the mistress of Belmont. She wanted to make sure she was afraid to leave without mm -hmm. her kids. And, you know. Yeah. Interesting. Do you guys have any... Um, ghost stories ghost to share story? you know it's so funny because you can talk to people oh i don't believe in that but everybody has a story. Everybody, everybody has some kind of weird has story some sort of story like i don't know what happened but i felt breathing down my neck you know yeah. somebody you know so please share it with us yeah um is that is that it you have any more stories I do, not. do you i'm done too and i think that's a perfect time to end I this week's so show too. um have a safe happy halloween and however you will gonna be back it. next week with yes. part two yes. and more stories that are personal to us actually exactly so, so um oh so we'll see well not see you but we'll talk to you before the actual halloween yes so if you're going to any parties this weekend be i mean yeah this yeah, weekend this weekend be safe be sane and healthy and hopeful. Oh, and before we sign off, we want to see Halloween costumes. Don't forget. Yes. And pumpkins. And if you dress up your dog, we want to see them. <laughs> yes. Just regurgitate all your Halloween stuff on our Absolutely. page. Absolutely. Totally Thanks about for it. listening. As usual, if you like us, please follow us on all the social medias and tell your friends about us. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, thingies. <laughs>